It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man, I think I jumped out early even there on that. Uh, boom, it's Rusty. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the public access podcast here today. It has been a bit. I think it's been almost not quite a week. It's been a little bit, but uh, here we are. And I think we have one Friday and then tomorrow have the Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling podcast, possibly another podcast down the pipeline in the works. So uh, everything's kind of going away here. Uh, it's a lot less bare, a lot more bare here. So um yeah pretty soon it's just gonna be this camera and these two <laughs> lights in here so yeah welcome everybody my name is rusty diamond i'm your host and today i'm bringing back a guest because i like to do that especially guests that i like and so i'm gonna bring on a special guest that i'm bringing back because i enjoyed my first conversation so here's my special guest right here right now and my special guest is Aya Ojadova. There she is. How are you today? I am well, Rusty. How are you? <laughs> I am well too. <laughs> we we were talking about that before. So, you know, that's uh that'll be a little uh, Easter egg for something later, I guess, maybe. But um yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's been kind of a, a wild time uh, here in the, because I don't know when we last, I guess it was probably three months ago. It was usually what I shoot for, for last time you were on here. It um, feels, really? I mean, sounds about right, actually. Yeah, August, I think, may have been early yeah. August, I think. Yeah. yeah probably <laughs> sometime around there. And so, um yeah, it's good. To, I'm going to be shaking. So hopefully you'll be talking when I'm shaking or I kick the kick the stand here that it's on. It's not, not the most stable. I am. Yeah, I, can join the, you. I can join dance. the party. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, I needed a little uh, dance party. Joining. Yeah, you gotta shake it off. Uh, apparently yeah. there's a lot of bad business practices happening. Um, I say, well, let's just talk about it. Let's just shame all the unethical business Sure. and business service providers and entre so-called entrepreneurs no i think so i'm about to go on my tangents like well, we should perfect context um so without uh without going into a lot of detail and also maintain confidentiality um what's happening is you know my clients hired a service provider to complete work um and they get they got paid for the full amount for the work that they claimed they completed back in february and the new client um they were supposed to issue some sort of bond and so the new client wanted to exercise that bond <laughs> is everything okay You're shaking yeah no i was just looking at something real quick ghost um all right yeah a little bit yes and so i ended up reaching out to that service provider and only to found, find out that the service provider never completed the work they took the full amount uh for the work that they said they were going to do and lied essentially for the work that they claimed they completed back in february only to find out this week that they never actually completed the work so not only is the service provider digging a hole for himself and basically telling on himself he's also standing firm and saying well too bad basically pay up if you want me to actually finish the work oh and pay yeah. on top of that Extra. on top of what he was supposed to get paid to do which he claimed he did back in february and he did not complete at all so that's where we're so, at and i'm very frustrated with the unethical business owners 
How did you find out? I'm sorry. So I actually ended up representing um, both sides. And so the, uh, again, without trying to go in a lot of detail, I found out because the new, new that client, um, the new client that actually wanted to exercise the bond that was included with the service, yeah. we reached out to uh, that service provider earlier this week, and the service provider said there is no bond because we never completed the work. Wait, what? But you said, oh. but you said there was going to be a bond because the work was completed. You should have issued the bond. You see, so somewhere, somehow, he basically just took advantage of all parties involved, lied to everybody that the work was completed back in February, only to now say, never completed the work, but I got paid for everything. Eight or nine months later. Eight or nine months later, yeah. And yeah. so you get to be the mediator through this. You, I mean... I'm the what, what are you? Yeah, I'm sorry. What would you say? I'm the realtor. So yes. So, yeah. what'd you tell your client? Uh, well, I've I've brought it to both parties. Uh, I brought it to their attention. I said, hey, this is what's happening. And the client that paid for this service again, they were under the impression that the work was completed. So was the other side. The other client was also under the impression that the work was completed. I was under the impression the work was completed. Our entire office was under the impression the work was completed. There is an email proof saying there is from the vendor saying the work was completed, only to find out nine months later, the work was never completed. Whoa. Yeah. So we don't know where we're at. Maybe in the next... Uh, podcast episode tune in to the next rusty diamond episode um hopefully i'll have better updates for you then but yeah right now it's just we're trying to get to the bottom of it and find seek justice and because yeah that's just very unethical why would you take money for the full amount of the work that you claim you completed and actually not complete the work so right. it doesn't it doesn't make sense. One plus one equals two, not one plus one equals I don't know. And yeah, right I, now I he's guess. just not my problem kind of a thing. It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. And he doesn't he's he keeps running around. He cannot. So is this something that is the first time that's happened? Uh with this service provider? Some, yes. Is this something that happens more often than we know about in the Absolutely. Actually, you know, what you're inspiring me to do is even maybe have some type of a podcast where we can in invite like sellers and the buyers of uh, real estate transactions to share their story. Because every client who has undergone through a real estate transaction has had some BS tied to it. There's just always something there. I have a friend who just closed on a house last year. And now she's disputing um, something as well within that real estate purchase. Oh, yeah. so I, what is it the the realtor then who has to go to bat for the client and has to take it on? I mean, when I don't know, because it's kind of shitty with whoever you know yes. gets yeah so, third party. Yep. So technically the realtor is a third party that the client hires and we are kind of like the mediators. And of course, a realtor, it's 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 only as far as how much a realtor is willing to put effort in. I'm the type of a person that likes to see things come to fruition and come to the end and let's find justice and let's make sure that everybody wins. That's the type of person I am. And my mom is also realtor so we are pretty much we practice that um we practice what we preach when we say we want to make sure that our clients are happy that's what we aim for satisfaction guaranteed so you know when when our clients are unhappy we take that on to ourselves and let's find a solution let's let's come up and see how we can remedy 
um, the problem. Um, I've also seen other agents who just kind of, not my problem, not my business, bye. So again, it's, it's very crucial with who you do business with. Um, I'm not poo-pooing on realtors at all. It's just, it's, a, it's very important for the client, uh, for the buyer or the seller to really in, in interview the realtor that they're working with because the realtor is the one who has all the resources and the networks. And it's up to the realtor to do all the due diligence. It is up to the realtor to do the research so that the transaction comes to close, but also after the transaction is closed, if cases like this happen, they can continuously keep working on the better on behalf of the client. And how does a client's, is there like a, so I was looking about this with landlords. Is there some sort of rating system where they uh, can rate uh, the realtor about to be able to see, you know, something like that, like to be able to see like who they've worked with and what kind of feedback people have? See, it's, it's very, it's challenging just because... It, it it all goes down to marketing. It really does. Um, and just because a realtor is great at marketing doesn't mean, and they might be really great at marketing. When I say they're great at marketing, meaning like, let's say you and I did a transaction, I can hunt you down and say, hey, Rusty, hey, Rusty, hey, Rusty, make sure that you leave me a review. Make sure that it's five five stars, please, you know? Yeah. Um, and so you just never know if these are authentic reviews or not. Again, it depends on their marketing. You may see billboards of uh, realtors or even attorneys, right? Like you, you're, I'm sure when you drive by, you see those big billboards. A lot, yeah. a lot of times people, people don't even think to, oh, let me check the reviews. They assume, oh, since it's a big billboard, they're the only, they're the big company. They're the only ones. And so they just are automatically go to them not realizing that they're actually going to somebody who ha who has made a lot of money who has a lot of money but that doesn't mean how they made that money was ethical we actually right. have an agency um which shall be nameless uh, we're not going to include them here but that person is actually very, very well known it, within the community where he takes advantage of other agents he takes like more than half of their fee all for the advertising and but you, if you were to drive around, you would think like, wow, this guy is great because he's been in the business for X, Y amount of years. He yeah. can sell my home or he can do this and that. Um, when in reality, it's just he just has the big bucks because he's, he's taking advantage of the agents behind the scenes without your knowledge. So yeah. it's 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 almost like a double-edged uh, sword. Um as a client, you should definitely do your due diligence, do the reviews, of course, but also invite the agents and interview them. Um, interview multiple. Don't just interview like one or two. Interview at least three just to get an idea. Who, who you know, uh, who can you trust? Trust is very, very important. Very important. It's, it's very important for me um, to establish with anybody, not just as a realtor, but just it's very important to me as an individual to always establish trust because not everybody has your best interest. And here I am sharing this experience that, wow, we thought we were going with a great vendor um, who was going to get the work completed only to realize they didn't care. They just want, they just, they were they are practicing unethical business practices right now so yeah and i mean i think that going to you know check out a few different realtors is a good idea and um i mean i say that this with with hypnotists i say this with doctors with psychiatrists um kind of with anyone like there is not just one of them around. There's a lot more than one. And if they tell you that they don't want you to check out other people, that's plenty of a of a red flag right there. Like, why don't yep. you? Why why would you not want to check out other people? Like, why why should I just go with you right away? Like, what what's going on? What am I going to find out? Yep. yep. And I mean, I think that's 
pretty important to be able to just not have to worry about that kind of shit um yeah yeah and it's it's sad um because there are so many good agents out there and there are just so many good salespeople out there marketers that are great and yet they're the ones that get the bad rep because of other bad horrible salespeople and bad horrible marketers who really are just there to you know functioning from a place of greed and you know doing all these unethical things it just sucks yeah and can always do it and there's always going to be more people to for them to do it too yeah so yeah they prey on the innocent people and it's just what's what it infuriates me because I've always I grew up um my mom raised me to be you know to fight for justice to fight for equality to be fair you know to be cordial treat everybody like you would want to be treated and so that has always been my case and I've always been the one like an advocate for the 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 underdog because I was one I am the underdog and so I want to you know, I don't want to fight, fight, but I'm going to seek justice because this is unfair, you know, and right. I will go to bat for my clients because it's unfair. You know, I don't like, see, one thing is I don't mind if I got taken advantage of, okay, whatever, like, sure, I'll lose sleep for a few days. I'll close my eyes. We'll get over it. But when my clients, now you've crossed the boundary. Now you've crossed the fence. Like now we're going to go and we're going to we're going to do something about it. Now I cannot let that go because somebody else's life is on the line and they're attached to mine. Now I'm going to go and actually get things done. I can't just like put it to rest. So right. that's why it bothers and, me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, your your name and your your word is worth a lot too. And I mean, that's, and that's someone exactly. messing with that unfairly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... that's pretty messed up and so do you uh, so how how did your client react I guess is my question the client both clients they're just are in in shock they're like wait we were under the impression the work was complete and said hey you and me both um all three of us all of us were so yeah we're just in awe we're we're gonna have to seek legal guidance um yeah we're going to the attorneys now and so, yeah, I mean, it sucks when it gets to that point. And it's like, I mean, what can you, what else can you do though? And there has to be some sort of yep. help. At this, yeah, at this point, he's aware he's the one that's digging his own hole, the vendor, but he doesn't want to own up to it nor take accountability for his inability to own up to his mistake. And because of that, it's actually going to cost him his license. It's going to cost him his business. And if that's the case, it's this is far more more expensive than the 20,000 that you he got paid for. Right. So by all means. And yeah. I'm also a very determined human being. And when I say I'm going to go after you because people like you don't deserve to service, you don't even deserve to be in the business service because of the fact that you are unable to finish the work and you're actually going and scheming people and charging people this amount of the large amounts of money. We're not talking about $200 and $200 is a lot of money. We're talking about 20,000 here. And if you're just not even going to own up to it as a business owner, you do not deserve to be a business owner because you cannot remedy your own mistake. You cannot own up to it. You cannot take accountability for it. You do not deserve to be in the business because what really continues to dawn on me is how many other people has he done this to? Right. And how many will he continue to? Mm-hmm. So that... the buck the buck ends here and I'm going to make sure it comes to the finish. At yeah. least I, I, I'll do my best to at least have my voice heard. And that is far more powerful than having 
it just kind of brushed under the rug, you know, so. And I'd want my realtor to do that. Uh, if I was hiring a realtor to work for me, I'd want, you know, I'd be one of them. But who the fuck is this person that's, you know, messing with, yeah. messing with my stuff? Like, yeah. this is my livelihood. This is me trying to get things done. And Well, imagine you pay $20,000 to somebody only to find out that they only did like 5,000 worth of work. Uh, I'm sure you could have spent your $15,000 somewhere else. <laughs> right. Yeah. On, on anything. And I mean, anything. this, you know, time too is worth a lot more than that. Yeah. 15,000 bucks because um, it's commercial property, correct? This was a residential. Oh, it's um, residential. Okay. This was a residential transaction that I got yeah that i was a part of and my one and my one yeah. and last yeah i was gonna say i thought you were commercial uh... yeah my first and my last yep um okay yeah this was supposed to be a commercial transaction but the client um ended up falling in love with the residential property um which is kind of being practiced as um commercial kind of yeah it's it's interesting how this transaction kind of worked out it's just was a very interesting transaction <sighs> yeah trying my best to keep it confidential <laughs> yeah and sometimes that gets difficult very difficult yeah and so then what like what kind of timeline is that then i mean is it going to be like is the client then just kind of sitting around then until well, the, the, we're in the middle of the week, so it's only been two days. Um, so right now, all we can do is just kind of wait and see. Um, yeah, so it's still an ongoing issue, that's for sure. So there is there has there's no end yet. Um, we're still trying to find a solution to um, remedy this situation. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, I'm, I mean, so, I mean, is this talked about anywhere before anywhere? Is this like sort of, is this, I mean, is, are there, treatment. is that what? what you're talking about? What do you mean by, uh, is it, is this being talked about? Well, so like, are there articles online about this kind of stuff happening or are there or is it kind of able to be swept under the rug for the most part Again, because it's there's a lot of confidentiality you know um a lot of it is all between in in-house it's all um stays inside in in-house meaning it all stays within the brokerage within real estate but yeah there's you know if you just even talk to homeowners i'm sure they can share stories um yeah i i've yet to meet anybody who has had like a very smooth transaction and part of it is be and there, that's the reason why we have realtors and real estate agents is we are the mediators because sellers want to sell for a high price buyers want to buy at a low price where can we meet right in the middle and that's where the agents come in to negotiate that because Sellers want it super high, even though realistically speaking, that's way too high. The buyers want it very low. Realistically speaking, that's way too low. Like you can't even afford it, you know, like it's yeah. unrealistic in this market. And so we're the ones kind of having to educate, communicate, negotiate, do the research, um, a lot of back end. And so even to this day, like before I was a realtor, I used to have this assumption and I know a lot of people do too. Oh, realtors don't do anything. Um, they just collect their commission and that's it. Actually, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that clients do not see. Um, and part of it is, again, it goes back to confidentiality, right? Um, and the due diligence of the agent. How is the agent communicating and staying in touch and staying on top of the transaction matters. 
I, 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 you know, um, I invite you, uh, Rusty, as well as your uh, audience to even go on Facebook groups, um, look up real estate stories, I'm sure, real estate groups. You will see a lot of stories from other agents where they will say like, hey, I went into this transaction. I represented the buyer. The seller's agent was never responsive blah, 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 like up until the closing, um, we tried to do the final walkthrough. There was this and that, the ball was dropped. There's a lot of horror stories, even among agents. So again, it up. very much matters who you hire, who you do business with. So if you have a podcast talking about it, you wouldn't have a hard time finding guests. I don't think so. Now that I think about it, I don't think so. The question is, I'm going to have to run this by my broker because, again, it goes back to how much can I share without breaching the confidentiality aspect? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so. with them, with the guests, would they be able to kind of say whatever, though? They I mean, could. If you're just yeah, on there to yeah, that's let true. Them yeah, I could facilitate. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to tell any stories. Uh, you can just be That's there to yeah, facilitate and give your points of view. And I mean, yeah, like you were saying, if there's Facebook groups full of people with bad stories, mm -hmm. I mean, those are people who are going to, who would obviously love to have a platform to get their whole story out at once. Yeah. And especially with a, a realtor uh, who does podcasts already. Seems like it could be uh, Sounds like we're onto something, Rusty. You just you're just giving I, me ideas. Okay, I'm I, gonna sit down. It was your idea. I'm just I'm just reiterating it to you. You just inspired you came up it. With it. You just okay, inspired well, it. I I could take that. I could take the the inspiration part of it. I'll I'll credit it a little bit to myself. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll feel okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think that would be great. Just as far as. You know, getting the story out there, because like I, you were saying, I assume that it's probably they're going to want to do, like you said, everything in-house to avoid any sort of litigation and their names being uh, public that they were in some sort of court case about what happened. And I mean, they're going to want to try to do everything and settle out of court as much as they can with that to yep. keep their image a certain way. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I assume that there's a lot of been that have been hidden, and a lot of people maybe just kind of feel helpless. And yes, yes. And the thing is, they feel helpless. I think part of it is a shame, ashamed that how could I be this stupid that I missed it, you know? And a lot of times, it's not the client's fault. It's not the buyer or it's not the seller. It's the lack of uh, education coming from the agent. It's the lack of uh, um, communication coming even from the lender sometimes. Um, actually, I had a story. I'm actually, this is great story to share if you want me to. Um, Please. <laughs> so my mom, like as, as I mentioned, my mom's a real estate realtor as well. So she only does residential. Um I'm, I only do commercial, love commercial. And she had a client um, or a prospect, I guess, um, who is, was buying a home in a city that's about an hour away from Charleston. And this client asked her for a lender. So she connected her to the lender. And the lender found out that this client was actually already working with another agent. My mom backed off and she's like, all right, well, you know, since... She, you have a buyer's agency agreement with another agent. I'm going to respect that. You know, um, please lean on me if you have any questions, but you know, it is what it is. So yeah. come to find out two months later from the lender, because my mom developed a great relationship with the lender. The lender tells my mom, she's like, I'm working with the other agent. The other agent doesn't know anything about the house. The agent hasn't done any due diligence on this house. She hasn't done any work to represent the buyer on the buyer's behalf she hasn't done any work all she did was show the house and and that's pretty much it got the contract to the purchase agreement out they settled on the price and that's it 
um, doesn't know anything about lending, nothing, and claims to have over, I don't know, X amount of years of experience, yet never picks up the phone on the lender whenever the lender calls that agent, and the agent doesn't know anything nor has done anything for that client. So how they closed, I have no idea, but there are agents like that who won't actually, you know, who really do say, here, sign here, let me, we found you a home, let me collect my commission, bye. There are people like that, there are agents like that. Um, and I was just, I, I was in awe and I was in shock when my mom shared that story with me, because that's not how we yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a guy who was a realtor. He uh, he gave me something that I, I liked. So most times when a, for he's, he's a residential real estate guy. When I think, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but uh, when, so when he makes, a, he finds someone a house and then mm -hmm. they go it, in it and buy it um, at the end, instead of like getting a gift of a bottle of wine, which is kind of customary for it, he goes and buys them um, like lawn furniture, like a, an outdoor patio set. Because yeah. it's something that you would have probably until you leave the place, then you're like, when you see it again, you're like, oh, where did I, where did I get this nice patio set? Like, I got it from this realtor. Maybe I should give them a call when I'm trying to move. And so having something that's more of a permanent present, you know, maybe some sort of painting or something that they could put on the wall at their uh, commercial space or something. I love that. Yeah. yeah I, I thought that was a pretty good idea. And so, yeah, something, uh, a good you know, like I like the updated magnet on a, a refrigerator because I don't know if people still. I put magnets on the refrigerator, but I don't know who else does. But me too, me too. I do them. Uh, I love magnets in the fridge. I, that was a brilliant I, idea, actually. Like, oh, who gave this to me? Oh, that's right. That's actually brilliant. Love that buddy of yours. That's great. Yeah, shout out to him. Uh, to my buddy Mark out Mark. in uh, Mark. Uh, he lives in Oregon and right. yeah, so shout out to him. So if you're needing, mm -hmm. needing any house stuff in there, Mark Akey, A-K-E-Y, yeah. I'm going to put that out there. So right. shout out to him on your podcast yeah. here. So, um, but yeah, I, I, that just kind of blew my mind when I heard it and it stuck with me and I think any kind of sales i think that's uh it's a good idea because yeah i mean the bottle of wine is something that is just so synonymous with selling the the property but like yeah you drink and that right away and it's almost like you're assuming they can they drink when you don't know maybe they're right. recovering alcoholic now you've just offended them yeah now, um, what do i do with this yeah cultural as well again offending them because like i know muslims they don't drink um right. so yeah um so it, it's it, i try not to get alcohol if i don't actually know the client well enough um yeah so that's a, that's a great um that's yeah. a great approach so yeah i'm not i'm not sure what a, a good Thing would be to have for a commercial space a, a good something lasting um oh. yeah i was talking to my business partner about that i was just like what do you think we should get our clients and he's, and he's just like the fact that we got him a really good deal and now he gets to make money off of this deal i think that's good enough like, that's a good point that's um, a good point that's a good gift you know if our if we can make our clients wealthy with their purchase I think that we've, uh, yeah, that's more than we can give with a wine or even dinner, you know? Right. So, and so then how much, I mean, how much is return 
customers? Because I mean, uh, as far as like a percentage of your clients, I mean, are they, is it, is it come around enough that people are, or do you have people that are just always buying more and more spaces um, that come back sooner or like when someone leaves, like, is it a retention kind of a, a gig, like a, a, a business? It, it, it depends. New? It depends on it depends on who the client is. So investors, um, they definitely are always on the lookout for good deals. Um, if these are business owners, it depends on the business growth of the current environment of their business. So if they're continuously growing, then yes, they definitely want to buy more or even lease more. Um, so it all it all depends. It all depends on the individual and it depends on the client on who we are serving we have this client who is an investor uh, who invests in retail and industrial um, and he is continuously looking for properties that have a lot of upside so he can come in and fix up the retail center um, and either look at the leases uh, within the retail center um, and see if there's any upside within the leases as well. So there's different types of lease terms um, within retail, but also within industri industrial as well. And those are gross lease, modified lease and triple net leases. And so they're all kind of different and beneficial, beneficial to, um, to each party. So triple net leases are far more attractive to an investor and a landlord rather than to a tenant slash business owner. Um, whereas gross lease or a modified lease, they're more attractive to the tenant slash business owner, not so much to the landlord um, or the investor, I mean. So I can break down what you what each means if you want me to go in depth and actually give you an well, education. Oh, you should leases. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I don't I don't want to bore anybody. Um, but I love this. Um, I love my life. I love my job. So, but triple nets. Uh, what that is is basically you have a base uh, rent that you're renting out the the space that you're renting out plus um the taxes, insurance, as well as the common area maintenance, um, all of that is also paid by the tenant. So the landlord just gets paid, essentially. Um, right. So yeah, that's why it's attractive to the landlord slash investor. Um, modified, uh, actually, let's go with gross lease. Gross lease is just basically, it's a base rent. And in that base rent, it includes portion of the tax already it includes the insurance and the the camp charges the common area maintenance charges modified gro uh modified gross lease is a little bit modified right like just what it says so maybe you'll have that base rent and maybe the tenant also just has to pay either taxes or either insurance or common area maintenance so it's just like one of those so triple nets are far more attractive um if they're representing the uh, the buyer to, um, oh, sorry. I guess um, triple nets are attractive because the investor can come in and actually convert um, the gross lease term to triple nets. So the gross lease, when they see like, okay, so a client is, uh, the tenant is paying, let's just say $700. If the buyer slash investor comes in, and sees that they can switch that 700 into maybe a thousand and still get that uh, triple net charges, which would be additional 300 maybe dollars covering all the other net, the taxes, the insurance and the common area maintenance. Now they're, they're making almost what, $500 more than they would on a gross lease. Do you see the yeah. difference? Um, and now imagine if there are seven tenants or 10, 15, if it's a big uh, shopping center. So. Making a lot of money then. Yep. <laughs> yes. And so then with that, then what, I mean, 
what really happens then behind the scenes with that like when it's all going down like when everything is being i guess will be when it starts like when before the person gets the keys to go in there what has to happen um when you say the person what do you mean do you mean from the investor or the tenant so the investor and then then the investor gives it to it's a whole investment group like a whole umbrella of that gives it to one of the, the tenants who then rents it out to someone else Am so let's say right? let's say this uh, like we have a shopping center of um a shopping center and there are five businesses right each business okay. is a tenant right? right um so the investor comes in let's say this is uh the shopping center and the tenants uh in there they're all under gross lease um a lot of times and this is actually has happened um, they were under market. Uh, the tenants were paying under market. And so the investor came in, he bought the shopping center and said, hey guys, because your lease is expiring by the end of this year, I am converting the leases now to triple nets. So this is the new amount that you will be paying. Now you have a few months to really think about it. If you want to proceed, great. You can stay here and rent out from me with the new lease. Or you can go somewhere and find go find go take your business elsewhere um when your lease ends with with us and we'll put in a new tenant in there and um as your replacement as a triple a circle net. circle yep. of yeah. circle uh, of business circle yeah. of businesses mm -hmm. and i mean i mean with so many businesses a lot of them especially in a you know they, they don't do they expect the tenant to be there for a while though i mean a lot of them is six months at least maybe a year probably and it depends hope they don't go to business yeah it, it it all depends on the landlord it depends on if the property owner um let's just call him that the property owner wants to sell what they can do is actually put in tenants on short-term leases which would be month to month or up to a year. Those are usually short, ter short term. Um, oftentimes, if this is a legit property owner who is holding on to this property and just wants to you know, make money every month and see the cash flow come in every month, they will want to have a three to five year lease term with the business owner. So it all depends. It all depends on the property owner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, then, right now, <laughs> wait, what'd you say? I just said right now, it's crazy. We are seeing, um, <sighs> we are seeing a lot of, um, I don't want to say pushback, but it is pushback uh, within the Tri County area in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where property owners do not want uh smoke shops in their retail centers they don't um want to give or lease properties to nail salon businesses um there are even land owners who have certain rules that um they abide to that they're not even they get picky and choosy with who the buyer is who they want to sell and even lease to so it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy in commercial real estate because there's not enough um, supply. So there's a lot of research on our end that we have to do every day to fill the spots and find uh, spaces for our clients. And yeah. Then, it's not so, like residential. Yeah, because on residential, then that could be some sort of discrimination of sorts. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. So there's Good no point. there's no discrimination in commercial real estate. You can be oh, like there's a lot of discrimination, but there's well, no I mean legal. there's a lot, but you, no legal recourse. So you could say like, yep. let's say there's some business that's, you know, like whatever, like like a nail salon is probably going to be run by, you know, certain demographic of people, whatever you may want to associate a nail right. salon as and they could just like nope i don't want a nail salon here where at no. the same time that's like i don't know is that 
No, no, no. Um, that's not where the racism actually comes in. Um, the racism comes in between sellers and the buyers, not necessarily the agents. Um, and this is something I wish my business broker, uh, my business partner, would actually share this with because he has witnessed a lot of racism among sellers and buyers. Um, what's happening here is more of, you know, at least. I have not witnessed that type of racism that you were um, just talking about. What right. they are pushing back on is pushing back on, yeah, um, is the smell with nail salons as well as smoke shops. And with smoke shops, what's even more challenging is that there are state rules that they have to abide by as well as federal uh, state law as well as federal law. And so that's another reason why property owners just don't want to deal with that. It's just a lot um, that, that they don't feel like they don't want. They don't want to be a part of it. So they just say, nope. Yeah. So are you talking yeah. like like a medical marijuana place? Are you talking like a smoke shop? Like Smoke like shop. A, so like, uh, like marijuana tobacco. is illegal. Yeah, tobacco. Yep. Like a tobacco. So, in the, this, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Wow. And Pens, so then they can just say, I don't want any of that on my property and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. 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 Actually, we're trying to find land for a nonprofit client of ours right now. And our client found, we found a perfect land for the client. Our client was super excited. Now we're trying to get the deal uh, to go forward. And the listing agent is saying like, uh, can your client like go find land somewhere else like why does it have to be our land like yeah <laughs> like, i just was like my mouth just dropped i was like wait what <laughs> he really said that um yeah all because it just didn't fit their prestige of what they were going for now mind you this is 61 acres of uh planned development um and they kind of broke out, broke out acres of land within each section of um, this big um, new development um, of land that is going to grow into this beautiful, busy commercial slash residential community. Like we're talking about fitting a couple of thousand people into that the 61 acres of land that's going to be there. Um, and yet our nonprofit client just wants four acres and this listing agent is saying no. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, can you at least talk to your, your, your client? Um, this is a nonprofit and it, this nonprofit is doing for the good of the community. So again, to be continued, we don't know. We don't know. So did they, happen. did they know the client or do they like know who the client was that so like this nonprofit blank is moving in is that going to be okay with you kind of a thing or is it they're just like there's a nonprofit moving in and we can't tell you who it is no 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 so this is a seller uh who owns 61 acres of land it's for sale right now and the nonprofit is our client who is the buyer right and okay that nonprofit wants only four acres. They just want four acres. Oh, okay. They just want to buy four acres. And the listing agent, the seller side, the agent says, why? Like, it's just, yeah, there's a lot of pushback. And it almost feels like the, the agent uh, is not going to, is not even presenting these to the to his client, at least that's the impression I am getting based off of the response he's giving us. There's a, lot, there's a lot of pushback. It's just, he's not interested. I mean, think about it. It's, you've got maybe a million and a half for a couple of acres versus somebody who's interested in buying, let's say just even 10 acres. Now you've got more than 5 million, you know? Who, who as a as a listing agent, again, going back to greed, they're thinking like, ooh, I'd rather make commission off of the five million than the million, you know? So of course I'm gonna right. go to bat for somebody who's giving me a bigger offer versus a nonprofit who like just kind of feels like wasting my time, you know? 
um, I've met a lot of agents like that who only work on behalf of their commission. They don't care about the client. And again, going back to it infuriates me when I see people like that, like they don't deserve to have a license because all right. they want, they're all just working for the dollar. And it's, it's just sad. It's like, geez. Yeah. And the people who are the buyers are getting. Yes. Yeah. Buyers and the sellers. Yeah. Are kind of the victims in that. And that's. Yep. So then that that means that your podcast is going to shine a lot of light to this once it starts going. And yeah, you just inspired it. Jeez. Well, I mean, yeah. it has to happen. You you it brought is. it up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so you, you have that coming up. Uh, anything else you got coming up or coming out right now or that people can find you to check it out what you're doing to work with you etc yeah um you can find me on all social media platforms under aya hodra most of the time and if um you know if i can help with anything i'm happy to hope you know i would love to see this podcast come to life so let's see let's get that going i i mean all you need is uh spotify for podcasters and you can do it right while you're doing it right now. Okay. Uh, yeah. All, all you have to, yeah. You're done. You got uh, it. So. Okay, great. Now I'm going to do it tomorrow. Now. Yeah. I mean, how is there? So um, Aya, thank you so much for being on and we'll get you back here. Uh, January, February, somewhere in there. We'll get you, get you back for number three. All right. I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll have better news for you this time. Ne the Next year. Hopefully I will too. To a happy new year. Yes. Thank you so All much, right. Misty. You're very welcome. All right. All right. That's Aya Hojadola. So you guys hit her up. Um, that's what yeah, you got for realtors like or anyone. And they say, don't worry about looking for somebody else. Look for somebody else. Check someone out like her. So do that. Thank you everyone for listening here to the public access podcast the podcast i'm your host rusty diamond and that is the show man boom it's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.